In addition to taking care of one another inside the church, what if we developed a lifestyle of taking care of the most needy outside the walls of the church? How would that change the community and our city? Bob Moffat, president and founder of Harvest Foundation in Phoenix, Arizona, talks with pastors and leaders as they share their testimonials about how sacrificial love by those in the church to those in need outside the church has helped people see and embrace Jesus Christ. It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. Good afternoon. We're glad to have you here at Drive Time with us on Monday afternoon. And we're here with a friend of mine whose name is Beth Vies. And Beth um, and I have known each other for a long time as members of the same congregation. And uh, she served on our missions committee at our at our local church. And uh, But the reason I asked her to be on our on our program this afternoon is because she is a person who, from my observation, really exemplifies what it means to allow the Holy Spirit to use her hands and feet as Jesus' hands and feet. Beth, welcome. We're glad to have you with us. Thank you, Bob. It's an honor to, to be here today. Well, Beth, let's begin by by your sharing with us how you came to know Jesus in the first place. What was that process in your life? Well, I come from a long line of German Lutheran pastors. Uh, my grandfather was... We'll, we'll forgive you for that. Yeah. <laughs> my grandparents were missionaries from Germany to the United States because the German farmers had moved here. Right. And they didn't learn English and they weren't... Uh, they didn't have pastors, so my grandparents came, and my father became a pastor. <clears throat> so I was raised, I was in church from the time I was a week old, but it was never discussed at home, just in the pulpit. It wasn't... Um, Even though your father was a pastor, you didn't discuss these things at home? Well, we had devotions, but it was just, my dad did it all. Okay. Um, and he would even he even preached in his sermon that he was preaching for three years and and then he got saved. Wow. But um, so I was actually about twenty in my mid to late twenties, and um, I went to a, a a rally like a evangelistic rally that our church was sponsoring. My sister took me. Mm-hmm. And I, <laughs> I still get emotional all these years later. I just wow. something and just <laughs> melted. Wow! And I went forward, and on the way home, I was sitting in the back of my family's car, and I thought, "Well, I'll give this six weeks," because I was very scientific. I was getting getting a degree in biology, yeah. And education at ASU, so I thought I'll do the scientific method, you know, and see if it makes a difference. Okay. But that night, I laid my head on my pillow, and I thought, "Oh, this is the peace that passes all understanding wow. that my daddy has talked about." And you'd grown up hearing about it, but hadn't experienced it. Yeah, and it made all the difference. So it was a pretty dramatic um, event, and then shortly after that. Our church was involved in the I Found It campaign. Yeah. And I um, 
you know, I learned to write my testimony. I got involved with Campus Crusade. Someone discipled me from Campus Crusade, yeah. and I learned to give my. Te- I learned. I memorized a three-minute testimony, a twenty-minute testimony, and I had my little four laws book. <laughs> and I Sounds was told that I was alone with somebody for three minutes. Yeah, that was a divine appointment, and I would. <laughs> I shared my faith. Probably I was brassy and obnoxious, but I shared my faith. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go on. Well, um, um, hmm. So, go ahead. You go shared ahead. your faith, and and what 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 were you trained to do uh, after you shared your faith? You told me, uh, I think, something about oh. closing the deal. Yeah, I yeah I was trained to close the deal, but I also started um, taking people with me to share my faith. Yeah, and and then we'd have these like four follow up discipleship meetings with them. Right. Uh, and so I I did do a lot of follow up. Um, I have a good friend who. She, I was the director of the daycare center at my church, and this friend came in and. I said, Jan, is that um, cross you're wearing around your neck? Is that just decoration or does it have special significance? And she said, oh, it's just decoration. So anyway, I made an appointment with her to come and go through the Four Laws book with her. And she still to this day just was like telling me how much she dreaded. She didn't want me to come. She dreaded (laughs) it. But she got saved and... um, well, we've been friends now for 40 years. Now our right. kids and grandkids are friends. That's but, great. Um, so it, was, it wasn't all bad. But in lately I've been trying to learn a different way of sharing my faith because the world has changed a lot also. So I have an Airbnb in my home. Yeah. And we have a lot of divine, <laughs> divine appointments. Um, there was... Um, a man that came in a few weeks ago um, and within 45 minutes we had set a counseling appointment for deliverance with a pastor in Chandler who does deliverance prayer. And this is just someone that came into your Airbnb? Yeah, and he started going to church um, with us, you know, and we've had a He's been, to, we, you know, I'll have um, Bible studies and dinners at my home with right. former Airbnb guests and um, my Airbnb housekeeper. And so we, um, so there was a, I, I currently right now have a Japanese Buddhist guest and he's been with me since the end of April. And he's one of your Airbnb clients. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, I invited him to one of the Bible studies and he said, oh, no, thank you. Um, But when everyone left, he came out and he said, I want to come next week. Well, how did he, how did he know? I mean, what, what led him to that? If he was in his room, not, not attending. Hear us talking together and laughing and praying together. And he said, Buddhism isn't really my religion, you know, my religion. Um, it's just cultural. Yeah. So anyway, just because of COVID, we haven't had any group 
Bible studies, but we had, so he and I had dinner last night and we, we went through the story of the prodigal son and, um, it, you know, he was, it, I mean, it's such a wonderful story and there's so much to it. And he, at the end, he downloaded the version Bible mm. and I showed him where he could find, you know, some really good sermons podcasts about that story but my my whole attitude has changed because i've been learning to not like try to close the deal (laughs) um i've been learning to ask questions Mm. and listen to people and and just ask more questions but even that turned um this guest off he I just was asking him questions one day while he was cooking and he almost burned his food. And then <laughs> after that he would cook and then take his food into the bedroom, you know, yeah. so I just laid off, you know, I didn't try to even ask him questions, just been, you know, friends, um, just been friends. So but, it sounds like, you know, what you're, what, what God has been teaching you is, uh, to just extend the analogy of hands and feet further is just to be relational with with your guests. Exactly. And just out of the blue, um, a, a 39-year-old woman from the New York police force, she's in criminality, and she's been, you know, um, even though she's from New York, she's just been working isolated. So she's working and traveling the country because she can work from anywhere. Right. But one night she um, she said, maybe you can help me. And she has been planning to have an affair with a coworker who is a married Hindu man with a newborn. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and she said, I might not answer you back right away, but I will. You know, we talked until 11 o'clock that night, Mm. and she's pretty much still determined to go forward with that, but she's listening, and she's interacting with me. I just feel like I'm battling for her soul. Right. Wow. And And you are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I, I, in a conversation that we had earlier, uh, you told me that you thought at one time you wanted to be a missionary. Um, and, uh, how do you see that now? Are, are, are you, do you think what you're doing is fulfilling that, that vision that you had? Absolutely. I mean, who would have thought America needed Germans to come and be missionaries here? (laughs) But I think probably America needs missionaries more than Africa right now. Mm -hmm. You know, we, it's, and, and so what is your role in that? God, God seems to just bring the the right people to me at the right time. Yeah, and I'm you know I'm praying that He'll do that. And when people come, I'm praying for them. And when they leave, I'm I've got them on a prayer list, and I'm trying to be faithful to pray for them. And it's um, you know it's just planting seeds and like you said, developing relationships and. I I know he's used this place in in great ways that I may never know till I get to heaven. But, Whoa. you know, pe- people 
Yeah, I mean, and people do ask Jesus into their heart. I had a man from Madrid um, that did that and other other people. But I think I'm not, the pressure is all off since I feel like most of what I'm learning from this book called Tactics by Gregory Kukul, most of of the, the harvesting is gardening, just as in a real garden. Mm. It's mostly gardening, and then there's harvesting at the end. And I see myself as a gardener, and I'm trying to put a rock in their shoe. (laughs) What do you mean by that? Or how did you come to that conclusion? And um, people like that. It makes them feel loved if you ask them questions. Mm -hmm. For for those of you who just turned in, you're, you're listening to The Kingdom and Its Stories, and in this uh, broadcast, we interview people um, from around the world who are having an experience of allowing the Holy Spirit to indwell them to the point that their hands, their feet, their relationships are relationships that they have with Jesus through the people that we're interviewing. And today we're interviewing Beth Weiss. And Beth um, has been a friend of mine for a number of years, and and she's sharing some of the ways that God is allowing her to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Beth, um, earlier we talked about uh, being under pressure to close the deal, um, and you've just shared with us how you don't feel under that pressure uh, anymore. Could you just explain how that has changed from a pressure uh, that you had from your early training to witness and and quote-unquote close the deal to the point now that you're allowing yourself to be the gardener and allowing the Holy Spirit to be the one who brings his purposes to conclusion in the lives of the people that you meet. Can you explain that a little more? I'm still in the process of studying this book called Tactics by Gregory Kukul, but it's really just trusting the Holy Spirit and asking him, you know, if I should even say anything mm-hmm. um, and listening. <laughs> so you don't even feel the necessity to say something unless you're prompted by the Holy Spirit. Is that correct? That's correct, and um, that's correct, Um, yeah. So you don't even feel the pressure not only to close the deal, but even to initiate the conversation unless the Holy Spirit prompts you. Is that right? That's right. Um, I've always um, had a knack for turning the conversation around to spiritual things, so... um, but I, I feel like more I'm, I'm doing more listening now okay. and listening and looking and, and looking for opportunities. It's like feeling the outside of a vase and feeling for cracks, mm. you know, mm. but the police, police woman from New York, she, she just dumped on me, you know, she just said, I think you can help me. Maybe you can help me. And, right. it, and it, wow. that's got to be the Lord, you know. Wow, that's amazing. That's really great. That comes from, um, I try every day to 
just get before him with the word of God and be, allow myself to be broken. Right. Wow. Um, and, you know, it's easy when you're in the word to find something um, to repent of. And, you know, Mother, Mother Basilia um, once said, Repentance is how I make my spiritual living. Mm. Or sinning. Sinning is how I make my spiritual living. I sin and then I repent and then I get just a truckload full of grace. And it's so, it's just so transformative. And uh, every day I want to get broken, I want to melt, and I want to be transformed Mm. by the Word of God. And then it just seems to flow out of me. Hmm. And it's easy, you know, I feel like I could become a a pagan in a couple of days. (laughs) Um, It's easy to be a backslider and uh, be superficial. But it's a matter of looking at our lives every day and examining in the light of God's Word and and then seeing where we don't match up and asking the Lord to conform us. Yes, and just, and just, and then just, um, and for me, the magic is in a a pen over a a notebook page and writing. Mm. Writing is just so powerful. I like to write down what I'm, what I've, what God's shown me today and what I'm grateful to Him for. And and then how can, how can I get the grace that I need to make this change He's showing me I need to make? I, I, I would I would just like to comment, Beth, that is it's just so encouraging to me to see a person like you who has in their hands not formal theological training, but what God has placed in your hands is uh, an Airbnb. And that's a tool that you have taken. And are using that as a means to to be the hands and feet of Jesus. That's um, that's wonderful, and it's such a great lesson for all of us to ask the Lord, God, what have you put in my hands? What is there? What is it that you want me uh, to do with what you have given me? And you're a great example of, of what that means. But Beth, I know that that's not the only thing that you do. Um, you're also working with refugees. Tell us about that. Yes, we. Um, I go to 19th Avenue in Camelback. Um, I'm working with Go Ten Ministries, and um, we sit one on one. Anyone can do this. We sit next to a refugee who's working probably on Rosetta Stone. And we just help correct their English and encourage them. We're called encouragers. What's what's Rosetta Stone? Oh, it's a language teaching program. Okay. All right. Yeah, pretty common. So Um, you go to the center. Yes. And people are trying to learn English. Yes. And what do you do? We're just sitting there and correcting their English and encouraging them. But also we're asked to pray for them. And uh, they teach us simple, simplified Bible stories 
And our goal is to make friends with that student and go into their home and ha- and look for an opportunity to just tell a simple Jesus story. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's people from Myanmar and Afghanistan and um, just all over the world, Congo, DR Congo. So how long have you been doing this? Um, I've been doing this about four years now. And so how many refugees would you say you have befriended through this program in four years? Well, I've been associated with uh, Somali refugees um, even, you know, so probably, probably going back 15 years, you know, I've been sitting in refugees' homes and um, so you actually go to the homes? Oh, yeah. And I go to the mosque with them during Ramadan. Okay. And as a Christian, how how do they view your presence and participation in the Ramadan experience? Um, they're, they're very friendly. Um, and it's the best food on God's earth. <laughs> that sounds good. Can you invite me? Next, yes. next time you go, I think I'd love to do that. Yeah, yes, right. we didn't. They didn't do it this year because of uh, the virus. COVID, right. but, yeah. yeah. So yeah. what? What, what kind of response do you see um, to your "quote unquote" missionary work among refugees through the language training program? Um, I um. So the person that I'm paired up with um, is from Guatemala. Yes. And she works all night. So after the, I haven't made it over to her house yet, this particular person. But um, but I've been um, in, you know, I've, sometimes uh, we didn't have enough students. And my friend and I would walk around the complex and we'd get invited in and we'd sit there and they make you tea and they they really love it when you are pray with them they they love um mm. having you know americans actually come into their little apartments and they always want prayer wow and even even those from a different faith background oh absolutely yeah i mean my focus for the last 20 years has been just with Muslims, that's my main, been my main focus. Okay, oh, definitely, yeah. And the, and and they're open uh, to you as a Christian praying for them in their home. Yes, I've oh, I've only been turned down one time hmm. for prayer. Well, yeah, that's exciting, Beth. Um, so you use your Air Airbnb. You are involved with refugees, and you told me something about your garden. Or am I thinking of another story? Well, I do have a garden, and yeah, I do have a big garden, and a lot. And usually, I'm, you know, bringing my produce in, you know, to the refugees or to the, you know, neighbors. I haven't been lately just because of the right the pandemic. Okay, but. so there are three ways where we've 
that you've shared with us that that you are being the hands and feet of Jesus. One is just through relationships with the people that are in your Airbnb. And um, and then you work with refugees in helping them with their English language skills. And you're also working in uh, your garden and sharing the produce of your garden with other people. So tell me, what would you say, Beth, to the people who are listening? How would you encourage them to use the resources that God has given them to be the hands and feet of Jesus? Very briefly. I think uh, I think that I would tell them to pray that today God would give you an opportunity to interact with someone, share your faith, or ask someone a question that day. Just give give me an opportunity to talk to one person today that might just put a rock in their shoe or... Um, I love the expression of put a rock in their shoe. God bless you, Beth. Thank you for sharing with us today. Jesus defines discipleship as come and follow me. Next Monday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360, we'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their community. Today's testimony of God's love not only inspires us, but now we ask God how He wants us to demonstrate His love in a similar way with others in the church towards our neighbors. Also consider sharing the kingdom and its story with others through the media tab at harvestfoundation.org.